Welcome to episode 284 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about connecting the get Trump dots. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, share episodes with your friends, and support the podcast by shopping at truthquestshirtfactory.com, where we produce thought-provoking shirts inspired by various podcast episodes. This is the third episode in a row where I'm covering something that anyone who gets real news already knew, that being the successful coup against President Trump. As I stated in episode 246, The Truth About the Successful Coup d'Etat, where I reviewed the John Durham report, which was an inquiry into the federal government's corruption and the FBI's attempt to take down a sitting president, I wrote, Make no mistake, this is a United States government-sanctioned operation to conduct full-throated surveillance of a U.S. presidential candidate and then remove that candidate from the office of the presidency after his victory in the 2016 election. It was a successful coup d'etat. The Durham report has been described as, quote, a full uncovering of just how politically corrupt the DOJ, FBI, and the larger intelligence community were as it relates to the 2016 election, end quote. Someone else observed, quote, the full weight of government was weaponized against Donald Trump, end quote. These same people go on to explain, quote, the Obama FBI and DOJ justified full physical and electronic surveillance of their political opposition through false justifications manufactured by the FBI, end quote. As Durham notes in his report, quote, our findings and conclusions regarding these and related questions are sobering. The difference today is, recently, all of the puzzle pieces have been put cleanly into place by journalists Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, as well as well-known podcaster Dan Bongino. While I say up front, I have covered virtually every piece of this puzzle in previous episodes. The difference is, in this episode, I'm going to connect the dots. Schellenberger and Taibbi's headline reads, CIA had foreign allies spy on Trump team triggering Russia collusion hoax, sources say. When you do begin to connect the dots, the sad truth is that all the shit currently going on in Ukraine, all the shit that went down there in recent years, the spying on Trump and his associates, the Russia-Trump collusion hoax, the Steele dossier, Fusion GPS, Alpha Bank, the cover-up of the FISA court scandal, Trump's impeachments, the Biden classified document scandal, the stolen election in 2020, the raid on Mar-a-Lago, and the current lawfare lawsuits being pursued against all things Trump. When you connect all of those dots, you come to realize that this is one story. The lead actors in this incredible story, one that if written in the form of a screenplay for a movie, would be roundly rejected by production houses because it's too unrealistic. The lead actors of this epic coup, harassment, persecution, and prosecution of a man named Trump are Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John Brennan. They, along with hundreds of minions within the intelligence community, the Department of Injustice, and even at the state and local level, are the ones responsible for putting the country through all of this unnecessary turmoil. All because one man spit in their Marxist, liberty-hating, power-and-control-hungry eyes. He upset the apple cart. He exposed the swamp. Until now, the official approved narrative has been that the FBI's investigation began after an Australian intelligence officer, a guy named Alexander Downer, 
told U.S. officials that a Trump aide named George Papadopoulos had boasted to an Australian diplomat that Russia had damning material about Hillary Clinton. When in reality, this was a comprehensive intelligence operation developed to kill Trump's campaign and ensure the devil won the 2016 election. When Trump stunned the world by winning, the operation was injected with steroids and hasn't stopped even to this day. Hold on to your seats as we connect the dots. It all started with the spying on Trump and his associates during the campaign of 2016. Remember when Trump was screaming about being wiretapped? That's what he was referring to. That was conspiracy theory number one. He and his supporters were mercilessly ridiculed and maligned by the usual suspects for even suggesting such a thing. What we were witnessing was the beginning of an information laundering operation. As I walk through this story, I want you to remember that John Brennan is the one who briefed President Obama on Hillary Clinton's alleged plan to tie then-candidate Donald Trump to Russia as a means of distracting the public from her use of the private email server. Do you remember that scandal? So Obama was fully read into all of this shit. He and Brennan both knew that what was about to unfold was not only illegal, but a cover-up in and of itself. Obama has successfully extricated himself from this massive scandal that makes Watergate look like a children's playground, but he cannot escape culpability any longer. Brennan, as you may recall, also signed the infamous letter warning that the Hunter Biden laptop from hell had all the hallmarks of Russia intelligence, a letter that he later admitted was political. That letter was signed by some 50 other former and current so-called, and might I say corrupt, intelligence officials, allowing Biden to completely dodge the laptop scandal during one of his debates with Trump. Back to Schellenberger and Taibbi's report. The CIA, led by Barack Obama's CIA director John Brennan, illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target and surveil Trump associates and share the intelligence they acquired with them. For some reason, Brennan decided the one law he did not want to break was having his agency operate domestically, out in the open at least, so he contracted the gig out. These foreign intelligence agencies are known as the Five Eyes and include the UK, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Brennan identified 26 Trump associates for the Five Eyes to target and surveil in the run-up to the 2016 election. They were identified as people to bump or make contact with or manipulate. And as you will see, this effort was what triggered the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. The bumping of these individuals was to push fake Russia-related intel to the targets, hoping to then catch them discussing it later while they are under surveillance by the foreign intelligence officials. This would, of course, implicate them as Russian assets. In other words, this was information laundering. Dan Bongino describes it as a push-pull operation push fake intel to the targets, and while they are under surveillance, catch them talking about it, and voila! Instant Russia collusion. Push the intel and then pull it out. Schellenberger and Taibbi reported that Britain's intelligence apparatus, the GCHQ, started contacting the Trump associates as early as March 2016. Keep in mind that this was the same month that George Papadopoulos joined the Trump campaign as an advisor. It was also when Papadopoulos met a London-based professor, Joseph Misfud, who Papadopoulos was led to believe had substantial connections to Russian government officials. 
On March 21, 2016, Trump identified Papadopoulos and Carter Page as members of his foreign policy team. Back to the information laundering operation. The way it worked was all of these numerous bumps and subsequent discoveries of Russian connections were fed to the FBI and, of course, to the media in the form of leaks. Brennan had to feed the FBI through a variety of channels or pipes. His treatment of the FBI has been described as like a mushroom farm, keeping them in the dark and feeding them a bunch of shit. I have to give another hat tip to Dan Bongino for that line. He wrote a book on this scandal years ago and laid out this whole scenario in a podcast episode in early February of 2024. Some of these pipes or channels used by Brennan to feed the story were, number one, the democratically controlled Senate via Harry Reid. You remember that dirty, corrupt piece of shit? There are few more contemptible individuals in recent memory who held positions of power than Harry. The Steele dossier was leaked to Reid, who would be armed with information to take to the airwaves and make public accusations about Trump, Russia, collusion. This is the same guy who famously proclaimed without evidence that then-presidential candidate Mitt Romney did not pay taxes. The second pipe or channel was the Hillary campaign and Jake Sullivan, who just so happens to currently hold the position of National Security Advisor for President Biden. They were fed this same pooled intel, which they gladly took to CNN, MSNBC, NPR, and the rest of the alphabet soup conspiracy media to speculate about Trump, Russia, collusion. The third pipe to feed this fake story to were hacks like Sidney Blumenthal, a Clinton crony who dutifully took it to the press. Finally, there was the infamous Fusion GPS. Contrary to the approved narrative, Hillary hired Fusion GPS not to find evidence of Trump-Russia collusion, but to make them a target of CIA surveillance. In other words, Hillary's team feeds a bunch of mushroom farm shit to Fusion GPS while the CIA is surveilling the firm. They then pick up the pushed shit and feed that shit to their counterparts in the FBI, who use it as further justification for their investigation into Trump-Russia collusion. It's quite brilliant. Sinister? Yes. Immoral? Yes. Illegal? Yes. But brilliant at the same time. When you know you will not suffer any consequences given the feckless Republican Party and the dual justice system, what's going to hold back a bunch of crooks? The next dot to connect is the FISA court. So the FBI gathers up all the fake intel fed to them by the Obama-Brennan-led effort, and off they go to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, FISA to obtain warrants to spy on various Trump associates. This court was created in 1970, I think 1978, to oversee requests for surveillance warrants against foreign spies inside the United States. Pause. Did you say foreign spies inside the United States? Well, yes, I did. Were the associates of Trump who were the subject of these warrants foreigners? No, they were not. Are you starting to connect the corrupt, shady, criminal, immoral dots? The FISA court rarely denies FBI warrant requests. It's been described as a rubber stamp court, as it was in the case here. These warrants allowed the FBI to follow leads well beyond the norm. I think they call it something like two-hop or three-hop warrants, meaning depending on the warrant, they can surveil the target and contacts of the target and maybe even contacts of that person. Many of these warrants were like nets. Warrants are not supposed to be like nets. They're supposed to be like lasers, focused on one person or one piece of evidence. 
In the America where the Constitution is followed, any information or intel arrived at during a serving of a warrant that was not specifically described in the warrant is inadmissible in court. For example, a warrant permits law enforcement to search for illegal drugs. If while searching for the drugs, law enforcement finds some stolen goods, they cannot arrest the suspect for the stolen goods on the spot because it's not part of the warrant. But you see, the FISA court is special. It's a secret court with its own set of rules, apart from the Constitution. This is just another in a long line of examples of how the federal government gets away with skirting the Constitution, set up a special court with special judges to go after really bad dudes, foreigners who are spying on the United States. Fast forward 35 years and then the court is used to surveil American citizens working for a presidential candidate that the deep state opposes and they willy-nilly grant two-hop warrants. You can see the erosion of the Constitutional Republic right before your eyes. The point of bringing up the FISA court and the warrants they issued is they gave the FBI the means to conduct their investigation and the warrant served as an insurance policy by giving them cover, giving their witch hunt a sense of legitimacy. It allowed the FBI to serve as yet another piper channel to spread the lies to the media. I mean, how many times over the course of the four years of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax did we hear or read unconfirmed FBI sources say? Interesting point. Do you know who oversees the FISA court? That would be Chief Justice John, I can never be counted on to do the right thing, Roberts. He appoints the 11 judges to the court. So when he learns about the abuses of the court, he presumably is in a position to rectify the situation, which he clearly has not done. And with all that, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax was born and run on a loop for almost four years by the alphabet soup conspiracy media. Let's connect a few more dots. Specifically, I want to connect the dots of this scandal to Ukraine. One of the foreign actors involved in spying on Trump was the Ukrainian government. Now, they were not part of the Five Eyes, of course, but there's a mountain of evidence demonstrating their involvement. Take a step back. Who was the lead American diplomat when it came to Ukraine during Obama's reign? That's right. It was Joe Biden. He, along with his degenerate son, Hunter, had all kinds of backdoor business deals going on in Ukraine. All you gotta do is look at Hunter's laptop or listen to Devin Archer or Tony Bobolinsky's testimony. Hunter landed that $80,000 a month board position at Burisma in Ukraine. Joe publicly boasted about threatening to hold up a billion dollar loan guarantee from Ukraine if they didn't fire the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma. And the Obama administration led a coup in early 2014 to oust the democratically elected pro-Russian President Viktor Yanukovych. So the Ukrainians were not only fully aware of Biden and by proxy Obama's illegal and or unseemly exploits, they were participants on the spying on Trump. Then what does Trump do? He starts poking around and asking questions about Biden's activities in Ukraine. Do you remember what happened next? The first impeachment of Trump. Remember the perfect phone call? Remember the weasel Alexander Vindman? Then comes a multi-year complete waste of time and money Robert Mueller investigation whose only purpose was to keep the Trump-Russia collusion hoax in the headlines. He found nothing. And since none of that shit worked and the 2020 election was on the horizon, the Democrats had to figure out a way to steal the election from Trump 
who was running against a corrupt, pathological liar, plagiarist, kid-sniffing, influence-peddling, inappropriate shower-taking, piece-of-garbage Biden. COVID offered the perfect excuse to push mail-in ballots since it was too dangerous to vote in person. After all, you might run into an unvaccinated person while you're standing in line. So they set up shop in a handful of Democratic-run cities in a handful of battleground states, and they executed the capstone feat in the ongoing coup against President Trump by stealing the election. Now, I've done multiple episodes on all of this. I'm going to recommend you look at the show notes page for this episode, but I've done episodes on Biden himself. I've done episodes on the Biden crime family, Hunter Biden's laptop, Joe Biden's lying, the Biden tapes, and a bunch of episodes on voter fraud in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and mail-in ballots. Again, this whole thing is brilliant. It's sinister, immoral, and illegal, but everyone involved knew there would be no consequences. So now we come to this infamous or famous binder. Supposedly there is a 10-inch binder containing the details about all the exploits I've covered. Sources told Schellenberger and Taibbi that Trump ordered this binder to be declassified at the very end of his term. If this document exists, proving half the shit I've covered, how many people will end up in federal prison? Connecting the dots yet again, we have the raid on Trump's Florida residence, Mar-a-Lago, in 2022. Remember that? We were told they were looking for classified documents, that the Trump team was obstructing justice by not turning over some of the stuff to the National Archives. Turns out, according to Schellenberger and Taibbi, all of that was bullshit. Another conspiracy theory. The FBI agents were looking for the binder and for all the Ukraine-related documents. It was a cleanup operation. This was followed by the discovery of and the public admission of the fact that Joe Biden had a bunch of classified documents stored in his garage and at the Penn Biden Center. Unlike Trump, who was being sued over his classified documents, Biden, of course, was exonerated two years later because he's a Democrat and we have a dual justice system in America. Check out episode 282 for a complete rundown on that bullshit Biden classified documents scandal. And after Trump survived all of that, what do they do to private citizen Trump? They go after him in numerous court cases, all of which are using novel legal theories, Soviet style. They're trying to ruin him financially and throw him in prison for, I think it's something like 700 years if you add up all of the sentences. What's left other than to assassinate him? Donald J. Trump is the first major political candidate in American history that presented a real threat to the intelligence community, the deep state, and the Uniparty. One of my favorite commentators, Tom Woods, puts it this way, no matter who you nominate for president, you always get John McCain. Think about that for a little bit. With an enemies list, like the one Trump has compiled, that contained the entire doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party, the majority of leadership in the bought and paid for fat and happy Republican Party, the CIA, the FBI, millions of federal bureaucrats, the university system, Hollywood, foreign intel agencies, and 90% of the alphabet soup conspiracy media, it's amazing the man has the fortitude to get out of bed in the morning. I'm no fan of Trump as a candidate or as president because other than not starting a new war, spitting in the eye of the establishment, and providing much-needed comic relief, he did nothing as president to return the country to the limited government, constitutionally-based nation that we inherited from our founding fathers. He didn't cut spending. He didn't clean house at the FBI or CIA or any of the other corrupt federal agencies. He didn't propose the abolishment of a single unconstitutional federal agency. 
And as a result, he is currently looking at almost $500 million in legal judgments against him. And what, three more lawsuits to defend? All while trying to run for president with little or no cash since the RNC, run by Mitt Romney's niece, who has been sitting on her fat ass for the last five to six years doing nothing to promote real Republican candidates. The main takeaway from this episode is, this is all one story. It starts with Obama and Hillary. Marching orders are handed down to John Brennan to get Trump. And from there, there's a cascade of events that involve a sophisticated information laundering and surveillance operation of Trump associates supported by foreign intelligence services. That led to felonies committed before the FISA court, the four-year Trump-Russia collusion hoax run on a loop in the media. It involves Ukraine, Biden, two impeachments. Part of the story is also Ukraine and Biden, Two impeachments, two investigations, mass voter fraud, a raid on Trump's home, Biden skating on the same charges leveled against Trump. All of that leads us to today, where there are efforts in many states to remove Trump's name from the ballot, while the man fights four lawsuits in four different jurisdictions. All of it conducted by members of the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party. All that effort to take out one man. And that's the truth about connecting the Get Trump dots. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, share episodes with your friends, and support the podcast by shopping at truthquestshirtfactory.com. 